Hey, resilient people, it's your girl, Simone Muchette here, the ultimate social worker, and I'm so excited, as always, because we are back with another guest on the Our Stories podcast. Social worker, educator, therapist, author, founder of Resilient Young Minds, Inc. I'm passionate about serving and developing at-risk youth into resilient ones while coaching adults through their healing. This podcast is my way of honoring youth and adults who have overcome their trauma while still inspiring others. I am the ultimate social worker, and this is the Our Stories podcast, where your resilient story matters. Take away the pain, take away the hate, take away the damage, and feel Today, I have one of my instant friends rapping BK all day. <laughs> Went to a modeling competition in November where I thought I was alone. I was worried I wasn't going to have no friends and experience this experience by myself. And I met some lovely women that were also there on their own, trying to chase their dreams, trying to love on themselves. And this guest right here is one of those women. So I would love for you guys to give a warm welcome to Miss Dominique Carson. <laughs> All right. Hey, Dominique. Hi, Simone. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me um, and speaking on our stories today. If you could just give us a brief introduction of you, tell us where you're from what you do, and what led you to decide to um, come and speak on our stories today? Um, well, I am a proud Brooklyn Knights, born and raised, East New York to be exact. Hey. I'm currently in Virginia Beach now for almost three years. I love the beach area. I'm also a massage practitioner, licensed for four years. I'm also a freelance journalist and author, and just kind of like a Jill of all trades and a proud CUNY graduate as well. And I just wanted to be on a platform that represents dil diligence and dedication and ambition, especially for women who may not have a voice, may not have a platform to learn from other women's stories, especially we all know that women can be combative and catty. And I just love that your platform represents the opposite of that, and plus of our connection through Miss Fashion Global, I said, why not support, you know, my fellow sister, and and especially if she's doing something positive and giving back to the community. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I hope that it's the same for men, too. Um, 
because we try to have men and women um on mm -hmm. stories and I think that we do try to keep um a positive spirit so thank you for like elevating that and highlighting that because I also think that that's a social myth since we're yes. talking about social resilience this season mm -hmm. I think that's a myth that us women are catty and mean to each other and kind and honestly in reality it's the whole opposite. Like doing Miss Fashion Global was kind of like a huge reality check for mm -hmm. me. And I see all these women from all different backgrounds mm -hmm. you know, competing against each other, but it was still so like encouraging and empowering yes. and having each other's backs and supporting each other after the fact. Especially at the all white party. Like we were like <laughs> partying hard. Like that's, that's like one of my proudest moments of you know, last year, like, especially I was going through some changes with, you know, my relationship at the time and coming to that platform and still hanging out and meeting women. And you think we met those women like five, 10 years and it was only like a few days. Word, word, especially like after that workshop, that was, word. yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. And I hear that the pilot is coming out. I saw yes. commercial for it. So I'm excited. Um, big things to come for Miss Fashion Global. I'm trying to do Miss Humanitarian this year. Mm -hmm. so I've been doing my service um, events every month. So hopefully you'll see me back um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in November. But let's get it started. Um, the first question I always jump right in real deep is tell us what would you say was your social trauma that you experienced? Um, how did you overcome it? And you could just walk us through it. Um, how do you feel most comfortable? I think the most traumatic social experience was the pandemic. I couldn't, you know, say goodbye to my family. I was moving into another state. I thought I was going to marry the love of my life at the time. And I'm in this new state. I really couldn't interact with my family because everything was just, you know, social distancing and and I was just moving into another state, like literally in the beginning stages of the pandemic. So I couldn't really interact with other people since stuff was shutting down. So a lot of things was just me and him and his family. And um, my mother and I were kind of going through like a trying time. I wasn't speaking to her and um, I just had to rely on my faith. And just trust that God was going to open my profession back up with massage. I was newly out of school. Wait, slow down, slow down. I feel like you fast forwarding through this story. I just, I want, there's so many things you said already that I just want to like highlight. Mm -hmm. so pandemic, hands down, impacted so many different people in different ways. You said that you, what I heard was a lot of transitions, um, I heard that you were moving. I was moving to Virginia. And I was I was engaged at the time. To so this is in 2020. You were yes. engaged and you were I moving. was already engaged. And I was moving. And because we were already in a long distance relationship, we came to the point was like, I want my wife to be to be in the same state with me. And I said, okay. And then at first I was like, how the hell am I supposed to get around? I don't, I wasn't driving yet. I didn't even have a license. Mm -hmm. And I literally had one, one driving lesson and then the pandemic. Then you're a massage therapist 
and you're working at one of the biggest spas in Manhattan. I was working at Blessed Soho and everything shut down. Like that was my money. Like that's how I eat. So I'm like, oh my God, like how the hell am I supposed to eat? And a lot of freelance opportunities for journalists were going down because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of things were cut back. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like how am I supposed to maneuver? I had him at the time and you know that helped a lot tremendously. But because of who I am, I still I still had to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And I know me as a worker, like I'm just a hard worker. That wasn't enough. So I went back and humble my pie. I even applied for the post office and and started the process and that's how we get the mail. I like my mail. No, and I took the test. I did very well. I, I did an orientation in Virginia. They never called me back. I was like, okay, maybe that's not what God wanted me to be. So I was collecting my unemployment checks from New York. And I was kind of like a little homemaker. I was kind of like a housewife. Like when you think about it, I was doing all the cooking and all the cleaning while he was driving the trucks. Like I was kind of <laughs> like that. Like that. Like you don't, you didn't, that wasn't something that you were interested in. I, that wasn't something I expected to happen because I was so always eager to work. And then I enjoyed it, you know, but I knew a part of me eventually was eager to go back to work. So when things started to open back up for massage therapists, it was still hard because people are now socially awkward. They don't know they want you to touch them. They don't want to feel violated. Then we have to wear the mask. And mind you, my limited transportation was very limited. I still didn't have a car yet. I still wasn't driving. So I was taking a lot of these lifts and that was costing me. I was paying like one, like one twenty a week in lifts. Wow. And that's the highway from Norfolk to Virginia beach or some parts from Norfolk to another area in Norfolk. And I was just like, I told him, you know, my fiance at the time, like something got to give, like I have to drive. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I need to, get around and that's hard for a new yorker that's so on the go that's so on the move and now things are like slowing down because of the pandemic because of your profession and then now you're in a new state yeah that's a lot that was a lot and then emotionally my mother and i didn't have we were kind of going through a trying time in our relationship too so i wasn't even speaking to my mother and this was literally a year and a half, I wasn't speaking to my mother. Mm-hmm. Like no conversation, shut that down. And we we, had, we reconciled, it's been two years since we reconciled in 2021, which was going on two years. So that was taking a toll on me too. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even, because we just wasn't seeing eye to eye. Like I felt like at that time, I wasn't getting the respect that I needed as an adult. Yeah, And I just had to dip. Yeah, it's something about us women and mothers, like, there's always, like, these, this contention, mm. and I remember there was this old saying in my house where there was just, like, two women can't, can't live under the same roof, like, once you get to a certain age, you have to have, mm. own, like, they yeah, call yeah. one woman of the house and one man of the house. Yeah, um, yeah. So- once that starts to happen it's just like 
mom still wants to mom you but yeah they still want to mom you but at the same time they have to respect you as an adult like some of the things she was saying i'm like wait a minute but i pay bills in here like i (laughs) I pay bills in here like i'm not 17 i'm not 18 anymore like i'm paying like a third of a mortgage like and i'm contributing to that to the to the fridge i'm contributing to other stuff in the house and what no like but i think that time apart kind of realized that it was my mother doesn't like it to this day she does that's like a horrible time for her but i think she realized we kind of needed it Mm. because it was it was gonna sabotage us either way it was gonna drain the both of us because that's why sometimes too much estrogen and then you're still trying to adapt to who you are and like being a parent is gonna collide and my mom was like a helicopter mom, like always protective and I'm not knocking for that because I wouldn't be the woman I am today but I told her you can't protect me from everything like that's just life yeah. that's just life you can't as much as you want to you can't okay. and she thought I was attacking her and I'm like no that's just the reality of the situation and some things that I have to learn on my own and some things that you just have to trust that whatever you taught me, yeah. I applied. Yeah. And whatever you taught me, which wasn't right, I unlearned at the same time. So, um, but when God talks to you, you have to listen. So it was Mother's Day and I was at home and I told my significant other at the time, I'm going to call my mother. He was like, what? And he was trying to get me to call my mother for months. And I'm one of the most stubborn people. Like, once I'm adamant about something, I'm adamant. And I told him I'll call him. And I sent her a text message. And once I said, from your firstborn, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. She called me. And it's been, like, a work in progress. Um, a lot of things were addressed. And we're still healing. Like I said, it's been two years. But I told her why I really stayed away. Like. I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to allow you to t- talk to me any kind of way. And I felt like you were not respecting me as an adult, especially yeah. I'm not a slacker. I'm not a, like, I wasn't, I was in, I was working, going to school, taking care of business. I was doing everything. And I still feel like I wasn't getting the respect that I needed mm-hmm. at that time. And I told her too many times when you tell an adult child to go, mm. they're eventually going to go. They are eventually going to go, period. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> so how did you cope? So you so we want to talk about the social aspect. So what were some of like the challenges socially that you, that really like were difficult for you? Like I know you mentioned like putting the mask on and people afraid to be touching. Um, like those were some things that I think we've all seen or witnessed at some point but like what about that experience um felt traumatic to you like what stains I guess was left on you um socially got it on a personal note I wasn't seeing my family when my family was up north then they worried about me to make sure I'm straight then I couldn't really bond with anybody because it's the pandemic everything was social distancing and then at work, the work environment I was at the time, I thought I had a group of, you know, people I was cool with, 
but it really wasn't the case. It felt like everything was being nitpicked and I cannot work in those type of environments. There's maybe one only female that I'm cool from that other establishment outside of the one I work now. And I feel like I was just getting nitpicked about everything. And people were just making this excuse that, oh, maybe she's from up north. She's so aggressive. I'm like, no, like I come here to do a job. I'm not here for friendship. I'm here to make my bread and go home. Anything develops after that, that's fine, but that's not my focus. My focus is to do a job and a service that I'm passionate about to my client, make sure I'm good to go, and then I'm leaving. And I was just holding management and supervisors to their accountability, and they were not fulfilling their duty. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started bumping him because I wasn't that pushover type of female. And people look at you like, you sure, you quiet, you lay back, but mm-hmm. don't don't hustle me. Because you would get your feelings hurt. And that's what was going on. And it was so bad because the owner at the time, she really liked me. And I said, I cannot work in that type of environment because of my mental health. And I just had a day and I lost it as fast. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Like I can't hurt anybody. Like I have a career. Like that's all I kept saying. Like mm-hmm. I have a career and nobody's not going to allow me to lose my career. So after that altercation, the job I have now, two years at the spa, they called me and was like, we want y'all, okay. That was God talking to me. And that same day, I put in my two weeks. And then I had to detox for like a whole week from that establishment because I did not want to bring that energy into mm-hmm. the spa I am now. So it was just a lot of just commotion, mm-hmm. unnecessary commotion. Mm-hmm. because of differences or whatever whatever issues that you had and I felt like okay if another therapist had an issue with me why wasn't it never addressed you're the supervisor so I'm like okay you're telling me something what you gonna do because that's the cloth I come from if there's an issue you bring it to the table I don't be telling me who got an issue with me and you're not willing to do nothing so that's the type of stuff I was holding them accountable for and I was looking like like who the hell is she like no do your job Mm-hmm. or don't 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 step to me that's yeah. what that type of energy that was and I was dealing with a lot of that at yeah. the time and then adjusting to living with my fiance that was a whole nother thing like living with a man for the first time I want to hear what happened with your fiance <laughs> like because this is you're oh. hitting all the levels you you know you touched a little bit on family which I want I had some questions about but like you definitely summed up work like everything you said about work I was like yo I totally understand where you coming from um with that but fiance I we were like we said we moving in together it was going well at first and then maybe six seven months in stuff was cracking personality started clashing you got two egos one don't want to come down two stubborn people two power ego people not coming down one to see it one way one wants to see it another way and we just couldn't find a common ground and that's when eventually the relationship was starting to fall apart and that was kind of like taking a toll on me too, because this is the man I was supposed to marry. This is my high school sweetheart. Like, this is the man I I, I sacrificed my yeah. New York City for to be with you. I trusted you, took a leap of faith, 
And my start to Virginia wasn't that great. The first day, because he paid a moving company that was a fraud. They were a fraud. He paid $16.50 for a moving company for my stuff from to go to New York to Virginia. So we get there, we, we driving, we vibing, we in the car, everything is good. And it's raining. And I see our boxes outside of the apartment. We were at our first apartment before we went to the beach. They were all wet. And I'm looking at the boxes. I'm like, these are not all our boxes. So I'm like, what the hell is the rest of our shit? Like, Simone, when I tell you, I was mad. I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. Excuse my French. I was like, this is how I start Virginia? Wait, so well, they stole y'all stuff or they left it or like? They, they only gave us half our stuff. The other half was missing. The other half was missing. <laughs> and then we found out that this company was a fraud. We had a I had to report them to the Department of Transportation to get them shut down because they was hitting people during the pandemic because people were trying to move and whatever. A year later, I found my stuff in Georgia behind a parking lot of a supermarket in Georgia, boxes. And the manager from a supermarket was nice enough to tell me that my boxes were in the back of his parking lot. And the only reason why he called me because he found my business card in the box. And they oh. were nice enough to ship it from Georgia to Virginia. A year later. God is good. Because, yep. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. The majority of the stuff I got back was special artifacts, like a wooden stick my grandfather got from the cruise. I didn't get that back. It was just other artifacts that I didn't get back. But I was so mad. I was like, we literally like had to start from scratch. So then how did Always. fiance like support? How did he make up for that mess up? Cause <laughs> I'd have been so he, upset. I was so livid. And he was <laughs> trying, he was apologizing. And I was just like, I, I hear you, but I was disgusted. Like I was livid. I was livid as hell. I was like, I said, this is what I was telling you to drive. You drive for a living. We could have did a U-Haul. You could have got this stuff there. But he was just so caught up on getting me to Virginia. I said, but this is why, this is why, this is why you need to help me. This is where I come in. Yeah. I tell him, you want a head, but the neck, you need, the neck needs, the head needs the neck to move. Mm -hmm. I always used to tell him that. So when we moved to Virginia Beach, he learned from that experience. I said, this is why I was telling him that his mother was like, oh, it's a new start. I was I was like, fuck that. I'm not trying to hit it. I want my shit. Like, I'm not trying to hit it. I was like, I want my shit. Because his, his stuff was missing too. <laughs> the stuff that he had when he stayed over in my apartment in New York was gone too. I was not trying to hit it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Okay. So, so what happened after that? So it was a rough transition. What happened after that, after that? Like we had to start from scratch. Some things we literally had to get everything. Like stuff was like damaged. I had to wash certain things and buy certain things because certain things wasn't missing. And then when the items came back a year later, we had to do process of elimination. So that was going. I said, okay. I told him, as long as we have each other, 
That's all that mattered to me. I felt like I said I had to call him. I was still pissed, but I said, as long as we have each other, that's all that mattered. And then, like I said, things were going and, and, you know, his grandmother at the time, she helped us a lot with her car. Cause like I said, his thing was like, all right, she in Virginia. Now we got to get a car. Cause now we need to move around. So we were doing, we had a little 2003 Honda element. That was our little hoopty. That was getting us around as much as it can until it was breaking down. But that was our little hoopty. It was getting us around. But it just, like I said, it was just like a learning experience for the both of us. I mean, you love people and then you start living with them. Then you start seeing other things you don't like. You're like, what the hell? The hell is this? Like, this is what you was hiding? This is what I didn't know? And like I said, those egos start colliding. Don't get me wrong. We had our, our times. Like, we had our special times. We did a lot of things. He treated me to Bush Gardens when the pandemic shut down. And that's when the lot was empty. We did a lot of stuff together. It's just the things that were substantial that was supposed to keep us. Mm. It just didn't. Mm. So now that is a long, that's another situation where that's going to go anywhere or anything. But that was kind of like my my beginning stages of Virginia. Like it was rough. And I was holding it down. I was still, you know, keeping a brave face for my family because I was good for the most part. But those are the other things that I was dealing with. And I'm kind of like a very private person when it comes to my personal because I didn't want my stuff to be broadcasted. Like I just, you know, I told my girlfriends to some extent, but I didn't want them to worry either. Yeah. Cause they had their own stuff going on at the time. And that's when I had to just, some nights I just got on my knees and asked God, like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to maneuver? Like make this work for me. Yeah. And things kind of started opening up. Once I started working at the spa I'm at now, I was like, I could take a breath. Mm -hmm. Cause that became like my family from my family. I was like, okay, I could start doing things, get start vibing with different people. And then at that point, I was getting ready to drive. And I was so motivated to drive. Mm -hmm. So in summer of 2021, I got my driver's license. And that was the last thing that my grandfather asked me to do before he passed away. For mm -hmm. the last six months, he was asking me, he was like, I need baby to go to drive. Just drive, just drive. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he kept asking that. Because every time we talk on the phone, that's what he kept asking me. And my grandfather's health wasn't all that great. He was in the early stages of dementia. Mm -hmm. And when I got my, I got my license, August 7th, 2021, my grandfather died three weeks later. Wow. And I, I got my car four days after he died. Wow. I got the camera. Mm -hmm. That was not oh, resting. It him. sounds like you, you know, you held him down. Yeah. When I told him I got it, it gave him a sense of peace. And yeah. then three weeks later, I got that call. Wow. Because he would ask me, like, when she driving? Like, what's going on? And then I just had a lot of support from my family, from my uncles. They told me what to look out for when you're first buying your car and things to pay heed to. Yeah. Wow. So mm -hmm. you are... you. So you initially moved to Virginia because of your fiance mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And now you guys are not together based off mm -hmm. of um, things you've said. Um, mm -hmm. You still live in Virginia now. Yes. 
So I guess, um, and it segues into your coping skills, because I heard you say detox. I heard you say prayer. Especially after we broke up. Mm-hmm. We had a nasty breakup a year ago. Nasty. was it was nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, we reached out. He reached out maybe eight months after the breakup to talk everything. We just in the talking stages. There's nothing really going but just to talk. Like I said, we've known each other 20 years. Like we've known each other since preteens back in Brooklyn. It's a long, long time. Um, been intimately involved since we were 16, 17 years old. That's a long time. So that's that's a lot of history that you just can't throw away in a year. Yeah. You gotta look at everything across the board. But um it it taught me to learn about myself, channel myself. And that's when the pageant came in. The pageant was kind of like the perfect, I don't want to say distraction, it was the perfect activity I needed at that time. It allowed me to feel good again, allowed me to, you know, stroke my femininity, allowed me to start the process of going through the fundraising and get the money to go to Florida. Cause I'm like, it was just me. So I'm like, how am I supposed to, I want to do something like this. I haven't done something, you know, a youth empowerment pageant since I was a teenager. And now it comes back to you as an adult. I'm going to make this experience worthwhile. So I had to literally convince people before they give their money to donate. Yeah. What's the purpose of the pageant? What are you getting out of it? Et cetera, et cetera. And I had so many people that helped. Like maybe a fraction was 20% of my family. And 80% was peers, friends, colleagues, clients that helped. You just never know who like is watching. Right. And that pageant was is what was it was what I needed. Yeah. Too. Amongst other things. I remember how the breakup first happened. And I'm just like, God, like, what do you want me to do? Like, after I called my mother, I cried. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? All I heard him say go to work Mm -hmm. I'm like what go to work like I can't go to work like this and Mm -hmm. I'm distraught I called my job I told him give me three hours Mm -hmm. and I'm massaging clients I'm still myself and Mm -hmm. and I'm dying on the inside Mm -hmm. because this was like I said I thought this was going to be my husband yeah like I was going to have my life with yeah. And you telling me I got to go massage clients, but it was what I need. It was something about giving back mm-hmm. to others, mm-hmm. being a part of their healing journey mm-hmm. to help me wound my heart yeah. in that process. Mm-hmm. That definitely helped. I love that. I, I definitely could relate to that all day, every day, because I honestly feel like some of the words of encouragement I give to people is really for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Talking to you, but I'm really talking to myself. Self, yeah. Um, so I definitely understand that. And, you know, sometimes keeping busy is helpful, but like being intentional and serving others during that time, because you get to see like, you know, your value. You Yes, you, you see your value, you see your others. strength. Right. In the process, like I had one of the concierge that at the time she was at the spa, she was like, I respect you, but I have a deeper respect for you to come and still give your best 
after mm-hmm. what you just experienced. That's like she's like, that shit just blew my mind. Like yes. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I said, trust me. I'm I'm massaging and every few hours and I'm I'm in the bathroom crying. Mm-hmm. Or I'm in my house crying. And then leaving his stuff at the apartment, getting his stuff out the apartment. It was just like I said, the breakup was just nasty. It left a lot of emotional wounds on the both of us and that's what I told him I'm like you left unnecessary emotional bruises for me and you because of how you did it it was selfish it was inconsiderate it really was but I had to look beyond that and I had to ask God for strength for clarity and it was something about keeping my blinds open mm-hmm. and not have them closed because yeah. that's the first thing my mother said, make sure you keep them blinds up. I said, mommy, I know. But it was something about keeping those blinds open. It was like I was allowing the light to illuminate me and not be so consumed in that dark, weary place. Yeah. So it was something about keeping my blinds open. And then I was seeing my family, you know, mothers, they got to do that check. <laughs> so my mother came to see me in August mm-hmm. just to do a check. See what's really going on. Is she really telling me what she's really telling me? Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, she's good. Like she's really, she's really good. Yeah. Like she held it down. Like my, she's like, my daughter did that. Mm-hmm. I said, I tell it's the grace of God. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's how I had the hair cut. I was looking at my hair one day. I was like, I'm gonna cut all this shit off. I was like, I'm just gonna cut it off. I just needed, I needed a change. And my girlfriend <laughs> felt it on the phone. And she's like, like, are you doing a pixie cut? I was like, no. I said, I'm going to cut it, cut it. She's like, what? I went to a barber. I was mm-hmm. referred to the barber I have now. And he cut that sucker off. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like a weight just lifted. Yeah, when I cut, when I had shaved my head off, that was, it's something about getting rid of your hair as like a symbolic gesture of yeah. like, fresh start new beginnings yes. like shedding all that weight like I'm yeah. chops um and like I've done chops before but this was a like this was a more spiritual type of chop mm-hmm. and I was like I went it was like you know you went to a bar but it was like yo it's dope and now I'm like I don't know I don't, I don't think I'm ever growing it back like I love <laughs> the cut like it's easy to maintain it's easy to wash like it's less expensive. <laughs> and I just, like, I'm coming into my own with it. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Thank you so much for um, sharing that and just being a little bit vulnerable and sharing a little bit of your business um, <laughs> <laughs> with us. Because, you know, I think that it's important. Um, I know that there are many people that went through so many random different things during the pandemic and to hear you know, your situation and, and not every pandemic situation is like, I lost my grandma. I lost my auntie. I lost my dad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to negate or, or, you know, push those people aside that went through that. But it's like, there's so many other things that was going on. During yeah. That. Like I wouldn't think like during the pandemic, a year and a half after the pandemic, I wouldn't be with my fiance. You couldn't tell me we weren't going to be together. Like you just couldn't tell me now, like I said, now it's kind of like in those speaking stages, you know, it's kind of weird when you're speaking, but it's not, 
it's like up and down with that. That's a whole nother situation. But he reached out maybe eight months after the breakup. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. My carnal was like, what? Now you want to reach out? For what? Now? <laughs> For what? Because the outside is real? Like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is my healing. Like, this is my journey. I was like, you know what? Let me just hear what he has to say. And we got a lot of stuff out. And it's, I guess there's going to be more stuff to come out. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to. But for right now, I just, I'm just loving on me and making sure that all my emotional everything is put so whether it's him or anybody else I could be healthy for my next relationship right absolutely I support it (laughs) I'm for it thank you so what I would like to do now is shift a little gears because I know I may have opened up some wounds I know how a strong black women are we look strong right on the surface but it's Mm -hmm. like you take that right deep breath a tear might drop (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I'm gonna shift it a little bit and um I've been playing this social game I've been loving the conversation games that I've I've gotten them um through the pandemic and um it's been a hit at all my retreats and um just gatherings that I have with friends and it's just spicy so mm-hmm. the deck that I'm pulling from for you today is a love and relationships deck right mm-hmm. the way that it works is that you're either gonna get a question and you answer the question or there'll be a statement and you can share your reaction to that statement okay got it so I'm gonna pull a random card Okay. And, you, know, you got way more experience <laughs> relationship wise. Because I never been married, I never had no children, never been engaged, never been pregnant, never been never been any of those things that people come up. I've only been a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so um I always love to hear from experts or people that are more experts than me. Um their take. So you have a statement and reaction. So the statement is, love is not enough. Therefore, you should marry for economical reasons. Hashtag the come up. Wow. Reaction. Um, I agree with the part that love is not enough. I don't think you should just marry for economical measures, even though economic measures is important because you need to know how a man is going to provide for you because if he can't provide for himself, how the hell do you expect him to provide for you? Um, how is he going to produce? Is he going to be efficient? What are some of the things that his goals, what, what does he see himself five, 10 years from now? How's his relationship with his parents? What's his faith? Like, what does he see himself? Love is the choice. Mm-hmm. It's the verb but there's other components that makes the relationship worthwhile. Like mm-hmm. two imperfect people coming together to make that work, but you have to be willing to make that work. Mm-hmm. Like, is this somebody I can grow with? If this is somebody I can build with, if this is somebody I can have children with, is this somebody I can be vulnerable with? And this is somebody that I can, that won't, you know, bring up my demons and use them against me. If they're and if they do, or they're using them to uplift me, mm-hmm. like how's his relationship with God? Like, because you don't have a relationship with God, like 
that kind of defeats the purpose, especially for me. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, how does he see himself? Mm-hmm. Because if he sees himself as erratic and insufficient, that's going to carry on to you. And if how you see yourself affects that too. The money part, I see as how he's going to provide mm-hmm. for you. If he can't provide for himself, he's not going to provide for you. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying. You drop for them gems. I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm taking notes. Because that's, I, I, told, I told one of a girl I was cool. I said, if that man can't play for your plate, he's already telling you he can't provide for you. Mm-hmm. Because you're already giving your time, your energy, your space. That's all in exchange. It's, it's a contract when you're going on that date. Yeah. So if he's telling you, Dutch or you paying for the bill? That's that's a red flag, automatically. Mm. Automatically. It's so interesting that you say that because I'm a very like I'm all for the Dutch. I don't want no man thinking they got power over me, uh, anything like that. But what you said though that that stood out to me was more of like if he can't provide for himself then you know he can't provide for you and I had this thing like I'm a strong black woman I don't need no man to provide for Mm -hmm. me but I think where I got lost in the mindset is thinking like oh you're providing for me you're taking care of me and all that stuff no if you can't provide for yourself though so if I'm down and out and you can't take care of yourself how are you going to take care of me if I'm down exactly exactly that's something that I can honestly say that I'm learning now that I'm out of the books, although I'm going back in the books soon, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been out of the books for a little while because I've been in school for so like my whole twenties, mm-hmm. really like spend time really understanding social, my role in society as a, mm-hmm. as a woman and a woman that wants to be married one day. I haven't really thought about that until like just recently and I think that me always being the breadwinner in all the relationships that I've been in the past, it kind of like has made me <laughs> jaded <laughs> in a certain sense. Like, like I have a soft spot for potential, not recognizing like potential is not success. It but is that's what the twenty. But that's what the twenties are for. But that's what the twenties are for. So now when you're in your thirties, you're like, look. It's like Lil Wayne said, you get with it, you get lost. Right, but that's what I'm trying to say. In my situation, I, the 20s, I was in school. I was focused on different things. So I, I, I was that. too. I, I get it. I was too, but I was <laughs> I was still dating. I was I was in grad school. I was in massage school. I was That was all in my 20s, and I was still dating. And don't get me wrong, I love my 20s, but there was a lot of lessons in my 20s that I would not do in my 30s right that's what I'm saying like you incorporated dating I did not date like Mm -hmm. I had one boyfriend that was toxic for most of my time that I know since high school and that to me is not dating because we didn't go on dates and Mm -hmm. I try to stay away from him by going to school (laughs) going away so I literally did not I didn't have a social life in my 20s like the closest I had was like being involved in my sorority and then once I started doing my social work degree that was dead like my whole life was totally so like there's certain things about myself that I should have learned that I didn't um Mm -hmm. but one thing I could honestly always say I never thought 
that you should marry for economical reasons. But I I wasn't able to start to identify what are those other things outside of love um, that we can, that we need in a relationship mm-hmm. or that I need, I should say, in a relationship. And mm-hmm. for me, I need to feel safe. I need to feel protected. I need my man to make me feel safe, like I'm wanted, like I'm important, like I matter, like I have to have value to you. Because you can have all the money in the world and you don't treat me right. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want no broke man, don't get me wrong. Like I said, (laughs) take care of yourself. That's a whole nother thing. But it gotta gotta mend Mm -hmm. together. You can't use your capital to get my attention. Right. Because Mm -hmm. especially, I got my own. I could take myself out with a good budget. <laughs> I could do that. You can add, like, there's a there's a thing where people have to realize the partner is supposed to add to you. They're supposed to add to your life. They're not supposed to subtract. Mm-hmm. It's either you're adding and then you're eventually multiplying with each other. Right. And now I look at dating it's to evaluate. It's for information. It's to see like, yo, is this worth my time? Mm-hmm. And men too. And I just, I was talking about this with two of my coworkers. Cool guys. I said, it's time, it's dating nowadays for us in our 30s. We ain't got time for the bullshit. It's like, is this a yay or nay? Oh, yay. <laughs> yay or nay? Like, for real. Like, this is yay or nay. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to waste your time and I don't want you to waste mine. Yeah. Because I know where this is going. I know where I want it to go. If you're not mm-hmm. on that train, then you- cool. Then let me know. And then I go about my business and I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So, so true. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciated that candor. That was dope. No problem. <laughs> All right. Before you go, I would like for you to do two things. Okay. First, if you could talk to your 15-year-old self right now, if you met up with her, mm. there was one gem that you learned up until this point in your life that you wish she would have known or someone could have told her. What would that be? And and just feel free. There's young people that watch this podcast too. So this could be for them as well. But just specifically think about what you needed at 15 to hear that you didn't hear, that you know now. Don't treat people like they are priority if you're not a priority to them. Mm, say more, say more. I like that. Yes, meaning that if you're giving the same amount of time to your friendships, relationships, family, and it's not equating, then you need to reevaluate that relationship and let it go. But because I was such a optimistic person, I want to give, I want to prove, like, I got you, I got your back, like, I'm here, like, nah, clip, reevaluate, clip. And don't feel bad that your life is going one way mm. and people are not willing to elevate and evolve. Mm. And I took those early lessons between 15 to 20 very hard because a lot of the friends that my brother and I, we grew up with, everybody went their direction. Some went for good and some went for bad. And I took that hard because I wanted everybody to win. Like, I'm that type of person. Like, I want you to win. But I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself 
And I had that with a family member. And one of my family members, we were very close. My cousin and I, we were literally nine months apart. Like that was my brother. Like you wouldn't even think that was my cousin. That was my brother. And his decisions were going one way and my life was going another way. But I'm like, I'm still trying to come. Like I'm here, like, let's do this. Mm -mm. They don't want to come, all right, cool. That was deep because I was like, wow, that's a lesson I learned too. If I hit you up once, you don't hit me back. I'll be like, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> I might do the double hit up once. Mm -hmm. After that, I'm like, no, it's that person's turn. Or like yeah. my biggest thing is when people be like, oh, like we need to link up. We need to link up. And it's like, oh, that's so cute to say. And then it don't really happen. Okay, yeah, nothing happened. Like, unless you're the one that plans initiating. Everything. It's just like, Nah, I don't have the energy to initiate every single thing. I'm a leader in so many aspects of my life. No, <laughs> it needs to be a partnership. It needs to be a common ground. Like it has to be checks and balances right. in all your relationships, even your friendships. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely. So good advice. Good advice for the young folks. All right. Last thing I would love for you to do is if you could just tell us what you're up to, how we can stay in contact with you, how people can follow you. And is, are there any new projects that you're working on that we should know about, look out for? How can we support you? Okay, so you guys can follow me on Instagram, um, Dom Carson 90. My massage Instagram is dcarsonlmt. And you can look out for all my upcoming projects on my social media platforms. I'm also LinkedIn, like my full name on LinkedIn. And as I was telling you the other day, I'm working on a book collaborative project. We're talking about entrepreneurship and business. I'm so excited. I always want to do a book collaborative project as an author. Um, we're working with different elite coaches and business people. And, and some of them are even TEDx speakers. And we're all giving experience on entrepreneurship and in all different categories and career, business and wellness, because there's so many forms of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. An entrepreneur can partner with a company and that's entrepreneurship. Self-employed is entrepreneurship. There's so many layers to entrepreneurship. So this is something that I'm really proud of. And that all come from um, a project that I was a part of from Authors All-Star, um, Taria Vaughn. And the rest of the, you know, the crew that I'm working with, I'm so excited. We have a virtual conference coming out in September. The book is coming out in September. So the first 50 people that pre-order will be mentioned in the book. If people want to advertise their business, that's a separate fee. And they can um, get a full chapter in the book, um, a ticket to the conference, and a 30 to 60 second commercial Ooh. as well. How about mm -hmm. that? You ain't tell me about all of that. I'm finding, I'm finding stuff. I'm finding stuff out. So I would tell <laughs> people got it. It's 10 slots. Um, okay. People submit their $97 payment and, and we'll give you the sheet to do the sponsorship. You, like I said, you get your ticket, you get your full page and a 30, 60 second commercial. I'm with that. All right. So I, I will give you, I'll give you all the information. I got you. And I'll put you on the sponsorship too. So when the book come out, like, yep, resilient young minds. The book is well being advertised. So um, first 50 people, this is just my way of giving back. 
you know, I've been giving back to the community since I was a teenager. And it's like I tell people, this is a great way to give back to those who donated to my placement in, in the pageant. So yeah. it's a win-win situation for everybody. That's dope. That's dope. I, I love your heart. Um, I just love what you do. Like just talking to you. you. Just, fills me up it, it it reminds me of like over the last year I've been reflecting on my environment and how mm -hmm. it matters to be around like-minded people that's everything um, it's such a big difference um being in a depressive state and not really understanding why like you have a career you have a roof over your head you have mm -hmm. all the but there's something missing and it's like when you're hitting a ceiling when you're trying to grow, yeah, hitting, you know, mm -hmm. it was like that's basically what's happening. It was as soon as I started to reacquaint myself with people that have that similar motivation that I have naturally, it was just like, oh my gosh, a <laughs> opened up, and it was just like, yes, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not crazy. Um. So just hearing you and hearing your job, just being like your diligence and just how you were just on point and scheduling this meeting and stuff like that. It just reminds me how much I miss being around people like that because I had that energy. Like I'm really mm -hmm. on point. I'm fast. I'm urgent. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I think through the pandemic, I kind of lost that, got a little bit comfortable. And then because the disconnect from those like-minded communities that I was, I was a part of happened, I didn't really get it back. Now, you know, promoting- But that's the best part about waking up every day. We get to change yeah, it every day. Yeah, over and change. But I think it was just rhyme help pulled me back out of it, seeing mm -hmm. the different people that were responding, even this, just mm -hmm. having a schedule again. Yeah. have appointments and mm -hmm. stuff like that again slowly started um getting me back in so i just thank you for your candor thank you for sharing your story and just being you and just being another represented representation of a woman of color the bipoc community whatever buzzwords we're using nowadays mm -hmm. yes <laughs> for real you know, with everything that's against us, they trying to change the definition of what we are. Like, exactly. It's, it's just a lot. It's so much going on right now. And um, I just thank you for your focus and just, you know, still pursuing what you're you want to do and just not giving up. You know, you yeah. definitely exemplify resilience and I appreciate you. And so as my tradition, um, before you leave, I always love to share a coping skill that I use, which is prayer, which you said you sure. use. So I would love to pray for you before we leave, if that is okay. That's fine. I know that's right. All right, sis. <laughs> Close your eyes. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let me take it serious. Man, oh man. Father God, Father God, thank you, Lord Jesus. I just lift you up right now, Father God. I lift you up with just a grateful heart, Father God. I just thank you for being a keeping God. You are a keeper, Father God. And I just thank you for Dominique and, and bringing her into my life, Father God. Just the way that you orchestrated um, our meetup, Father God, is just something that only you could do. 
um, because you're all knowing and you know what we need and we know who we need in our life, Father God. And I just thank you for you being a keeper, for keeping her through the various transitions that she's gone through. I know that there's so much more to Dominique's story that she didn't share, Father God, but the parts that she didn't share and the parts that she did share, Father God, I just thank you for using her as a testimony tonight to show how you are keeping God, Father God, through transitioning, through a pandemic, showing what moving with faith is and following through and living with the consequences of our decisions, Father God, and knowing that you're still on the throne, regardless of what life throws at us, Father God. Just thank you for using Dominique and her story today, Father God, to hopefully deliver someone that's listening right now that is hearing this for the first time that have gone through something similar, Father God. I just thank you for your goodness, Lord God. I just pray that you continue to cover her, Father God from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Father God. I just pray that you touch her, Father God. Comfort her, Father God, in her time of need, Father God. Father God, I just pray your divine blessing on every endeavor, every new idea that she has, Father God. I pray that this book that she is putting out, Father God, that it touch and inspires the lives of many, Father God, that it creates income in homes that they couldn't even imagine, Father God because we know that any <laughs> father god that as long as it's nurtured father god that fruit will be um fruit will come from it father god and i just pray that good fruit come from the seeds that you have used dominique um to plant and write in her book and sharing her story and even interacting with clients as a massage therapist father god I pray that you continue to cover her relationship with her family, Father God. I pray that as she moves forward in her, her relationship with her former significant other, God, I just pray that you continue to nurture it and that you lead her to do what your will wants her to do, Father God, that she seeks you in every single decision, Father God, and that she continues to remain strengthened in you, Father God. We lift up your holy and mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming, Boo. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was a this was this was dope. I love it. Hey resilient peeps. I hope you enjoyed this month's episode of the R Stories. If you are blessed, please subscribe, like, and share our podcast on our YouTube channel, The Ultimate Social Worker, as well as on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We want to hear from you, so don't forget to comment and tune in next month for a new episode.